0: Oh, this is Standing in Two Worlds, usually with Dr. Sam Juni, who joins us from your Irak Yadish. Sam is traveling, and is not able really to be with us uh, for the next couple of weeks. But as we have tried to have Sam uh, and I engage in a conversation, which we hope is illuminating and interesting, uh, every month, I am going to redrop, so to speak, uh, an episode that we did last December. It seems much, much longer than that. In many ways, but it's a it's Sam's analysis of what goes to the mind of people who become mass shooters in schools and other places. This was actually dealing with the Ethan Crumley case. Of course, I felt that it had relevance again as America uh, and perhaps the world uh, reflects on this, especially in light of the terrible massacre that occurred in Uvalde, Texas, a few weeks ago. So. Uh, I, as we say, here is a, a rerun, so to speak, but I think it's a rerun that's worth hearing. Uh, I think especially uh, the ideas uh, didn't grow old, and I think that they can perhaps help people get a perspective uh, and perhaps start to think about the type of solutions that our communities need. So here it is for you. Hope you enjoy it. You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host
1: and curator, Rabbi Abram Pavalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Shalom. This is Standing in Two Worlds with Dr. Sam Juni from Yerushalayim Ir HaKaydish. Sam, I want to bring you back here to our shores, uh, especially. Um, Incidence of school shootings is something that uh, goes back at least. Uh, 25 30 years it seems to have uh have been in the headlines you could even connect it sam i think to um the famous austin uh, uh tower shooting at the university of texas where you know the the, the gunman just started shooting people uh, randomly uh i've school shootings of course uh the, the last one that was just uh, the last week in the exurb as they call it detroit and oxford uh ethan crumbly um uh, bringing his uh, his Christmas present, his early Christmas present pistol uh, into the class, into the schoolroom, hiding it in his backpack, um, and then uh, going out into the hallway and seemingly randomly uh, killing uh, four, another person died. Um, it, it's almost like we are I- immune uh, here in the United States to ask you, Sam, this that seems to be uh, a standard You it used to be the postal workers right there was even a a term you might remember going postal because postal workers there was an incident of uh, uptick that they going into their jobs and just uh, eliminating people what is what is this really about Uh, the uh, the obviously you could say these children the statistics are horrendous of the amount of, of, of incidents in the United States. What, how do you see the psychological profile of these people? Um, I, I spoke with you yesterday and I read to you uh, the, the note that this boy had written uh, an image uh, the day that uh, he, he did these killings. And uh, I, I read to you some of the words there. I, uh, there was a drawing of a bullet uh, that had a phrase above it that said blood everywhere. Then another drawing at a person who had been shot twice and was bleeding. I think there was another picture of a gun itself, uh, the same gun that he killed everyone with. Uh, below that, there was a laughing emoji. And then there were the messages, my life is useless and the world is dead. Uh, they, every Again, the teachers uh, saw that um the boy said that this was part of a video game or uh that he was working on an idea for a video game or something like that and they they basically said okay there's not much we can do but you don't have a disciplinary history and the parents left and the boy went back to class of course then he went into the bathroom and took the gun out of his backpack you know again uh, this is just the latest sam what is the uh, the motivation? What is going on in these kids' minds, patients? Why is it occurring with such frequency in the United States, and where? Why didn't it occur uh, years before that? What what is it that what was the what was the variant, to use the uh, uh, this COVID term that sprung out that caused these psychos to pop up the way they are?
2: So let me just put the case the 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 um, template that fits most to explain all this is existential psychology, which is a field of psychology that I think is um, a ridiculous field conceptually, but its constructs seem to fit very well with what's going on here. Now, existential psychology assumes that we one of the basic drives we have is to um, make meaning. Of our existence. In other words, um, if you don't speak of religion as a um, transcendent uh, factor in, in, in human life, essentially the question that poses itself to people, to many people, is what am I doing here? What's this all about? Who cares if I am here, if I'm not here? So they, they call it these days trying to make meaning out of your existence. And they try to find something which, you know, thankfully many of us have in terms of religious um. <laughs> Theology that uh, that imbues our life, but for people who don't have that, they come up with ideas which um, secular humanism has done a lot of work on that, and certain kinds of values which are which have validity to them outside of religious theology. So, so you find that, let's say, in a base way, people have a lot of money; they'd like to put their name on buildings or hospitals so that. People, when they get helped and they feel better, they'll see their name and somehow associate with it. I don't think it's a question of immortality. It's just a question of, this is meaning in my life. I mean, at a lower level, you know, we've all had this trying to scratch your name on a newly cemented sidewalk, which means for many years, you know, you will have my name there, anybody who steps there, or Kilroy was here. We had all those kinds of shtick. But, but that kind of um, orientation of trying to make meaning is a very good template to understand what's going on here because essentially people feel anonymous. People feel the world will never care whether they did or did not exist. Um, Their own meaning, their own life has no function that has no purpose other than go through it and become somebody who will then dispense gas or sell stocks and have a family and have three kids and a half a dog and two cars and the swimming pool. It's all senseless. So they look for something that to them, at least at a childish level, would mean, oh no, my mark is here, my life was meaningful. And some find it by devoting themselves to an ideal, which they feel is larger than their own life, um, let's say, a a political ideal, a revolutionary uh, movement, um, better science, better roads, whatever it is, electing Trump president, whatever it is that drives their boat. And some of them suffice at something saying, my name will be part of history. And what's happening, I'll answer the second question before I get to my psychoanalytic interpretation of all this. And what's happened basically uh, in the last... 40 or 50 years, so even when newspapers came out, that gave an, uh, a possibility to do notorious things that will make it into the conscious knowledge of many, many people. Of course, when uh, social media came out, it's phenomenal. And then as tools, the gun was a great invention, because you can knock off people and do some outrageous things. Dynamite by Nobel, was also a great movement. Now what we can do, basically, is you can have someone who has no particular skills, nothing that makes him different. And I say him, because it's not her. There are almost no mass um, uh, um, culprits around that have been from women. And I'll, I'll explain that psychoanalytically soon, of course. But the notion is, here I have a chance. I am existing in a world that means nothing. Nobody cares about me. People will remember me. And by making it outrageous, notorious, I am now somebody. I'm not a nobody. And look at the change I did. I made so many people grieve. I was responsible for killing the Austrian um, uh, um, president. I've done something that may even have changed the course of history, so don't go telling me that I'm insignificant. So what I'd like to just do is um, move into the psychoanalytic interpretation, which says essentially that any of these perpetrators has a major chip on his shoulder, and that has to do with their self-worth being knocked, Being uh, degraded, being told you're nothing, you mean nothing. Now you can understand that, let's say, at the non-Freudian level, if you assume that self-esteem is a basic need of people, everybody has to have a certain amount of self-respect. This is not Freud talking. These are the neo-Freudians, the ego psychologists. Everybody has some self-respect. And if you take that self-respect and really destroy it, you're going to come up with maladaptive ways to come back and get some kind of reference to you, even if it's negative reference. Because we all know negative attention beats no attention. It's better to have positive attention, but if I can't get any positive attention, I'll get some negative. From a Freudian point of view, what it means is that there is a basic fear, and the fear can be a fear of annihilation or the fear of being um, um, emasculated, and being told you're not a real functioning man, not a real functioning boy, which comes up in early childhood. And if that function is damaged, you try to reclaim that. Again, along with this way of trying to make yourself important, but not assuming that self-esteem is the motivator, but just the fact that you fed me and said, no, I am not capable of achieving some basic satisfaction in the psychosexual stages. That's my gen- general um formula for what's going on here so in terms of practicality i think it's the media and i think it's the availability of doing massive damage whereas in the past the best you can do is take a knife and maybe uh, kill one or two people and two cows before they run you down
1: and and, and so therefore let's go back in time Uh, you know where did that that impulse which isn't something that you feel is necessarily it's amplified by the modern age, by the global technology that allows a person to make a splash everywhere in the world at one time, but what was it dormant in the era of uh, of the American Revolution or the, of the last of the Mohicans, the era of of pre revolutionary the United States? W- where did that did that ever arise? This idea well, of
2: and if we it have it, we have a till of the Hun, right? We have people who manage to do massive damage and then satisfied this whatever drive. No, I think the drive was always there. And, and the drive is often, especially the way I phrase it psychoanalytically, it's a reaction. It's an anger reaction. But I think that the uh, possibility just wasn't there unless you're a major organizer. If you can organize something like Hitler did or something like the Nebuchadnezzar would do, you know, the Melech right. HaTabachim, right? That's great. You can just murder people and you're known as the this ferocious God. Or or, or, Alex, or
1: Alexander, who of course was sure. a more a more, you know, the imperiousness was there, but there wasn't the uh, sense of destruction. Alexander, right, was, right, right.
2: There's, there's there, more making a name for himself, but he knew how to make a name. Well, he destroyed a lot. Don't kid right. yourself. But he, his primary name lived on among many of his admirers as something positive. Whereas these guys have nothing positive to do, but they say, "I can come up with enough negative uh, um, attention but, 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 to make but, it worthwhile right, to live."
1: Right, but the Alexanders, the Attilas, they are a, a minuscule slice of the population.
2: Right.
1: It, again, because there were
2: no it, machine guns. Right.
1: There so right, guns. Right. so right. statistically, if, if it's true, if we do a population um, uh, graph comparing the amounts of people in the world, and, and if this urge is inherent and it's been there, I would, I still would say there should have been more outbreaks of it in some way, even though we had these movers and shakers, these uh, people who are notorious and what they have been able to to rot on, onto the world, they're, they're, it, it, clearly most of the people uh, from your perspective probably were having these frustrations about feeling that life was somewhat empty and, and, and they're meaningless and, and they didn't really, weren't able to, to make a difference. I, I would add, I think, leisure. Uh, change things before the industrial age. Uh, although it put many, many people into factories and made them feel like ants uh, in a hive in a colony, but in an agrarian society where, you know, you basically had to work from morning till night, mm-hmm. backbreaking work sometimes, and, 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 and everything in your life was tethered to the seasons uh, and, 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 and harvest, it's not like you had so much time to, to look in the mirror and say, what is it all about? Why can't I be like this person? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and I think that you're right. The inventions of, of killing are definitely part of it. But I think it's also the, the time that we have to, to wonder.
2: To deal know. with silly stusum, like, like like what's my importance when I have a cow to milk? And you know, right, but let me just add something else. I think the disappearance of um active religion or or let's shall we say the shrinking of active religion you can't blame God anymore because to many people, God is not really part of their of their conscious life, and also you don't have theology for many people. Theology is disappearing it's it's, it's a construct which is fictitious, and that leaves them like in the past, you used to face things and say, "Why am I in such trouble?" You say, okay, so there's a world to come. And there's another meaning to my life that's over and beyond me because I'm part of a general uh, uh, population, which is seeking God, which is seeking good. A lot of that is disappearing. That valley system is disappearing. So people are left, especially from my existential point of view, the emptiness is much louder these days than it was for a farm boy who would go to church.
1: You okay. know, every Sunday. Okay, okay, so let me let me push back on that. Especially, I know that we um, of the American program based on the Israeli program Homeland. You might remember that program. And, I sure, do. Uh, right. So I I didn't see the Israeli version that it's based on, but you know, of course, here you have you know Brody who has been turned uh, by the by his Muslim captors, and he is, you know, he has become a religious believer. And he's allowed himself uh, to take a religious and moral stand, and he uses that to be part of a plan to inflict as much death and carnage as possible. Mm -hmm. Now, this is a fictional person, but this is a fictional person that is reflective of, unfortunately, where you're living in Eretz Yisrael, there's been many of these Islamic fundamental fanatics who are targeted maybe there's a psychological profile for them too, which is similar to Ethan Crumbly here in, in Oxford, Michigan. They want to, it's true, they want uh, the 37,000 virgins or whatever it is they get in the religious, that is clearly spurred by some sort of religious energy. And, uh, you know, they say al-Akbar, when they pull that, when he pulls that string, right? The 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 men and women and children that are uh, used as human bombs isn't isn't that something similar there you see religious inspiration building to a point of a similar type of let's do as much destruction as possible now let me just i know there's a difference between crumbly shooting people he doesn't see them as the ideological enemy or the devil or the right but don't isn't deep down let's find the person who's willing to Um, give up his life, kill, destroy, and maim as many people as possible. And in some way, right? right?
2: So it does- So the religious person, I'd like to protest. You're clumping together wanton shooters with those who are doing it for a religious motif. Those who are, nominally speaking, just looking at it from the outside without being a psychologist. These are people who have an ideal. They have a meaning in life. And as part of that meaning, you have to butcher loads of people to make them fear and make them terrorize. I understand that from a logical perspective. And you can logically say that you can find somebody gentle who would do this if they are religious enough. Like I remember um, some really um, troubling um, interview with a famous godal who is a gentle person, asked if he had the chance to deal with Amalek, what would he do? And the answer was not very pretty as far as I'm concerned. And here's someone who wouldn't touch a fly. I mean, he touched flies, okay, but not much more beyond there. But let me just say, so off the cuff, if you don't look at psychologizing, I would argue that you're incorrect. What you're doing is taking the tool that we have now of mass annihilation and terrorizing people, and then saying, well, these guys use the tool, these guys use the tool, the same dynamic is going on. So I'd say fan, that's not correct. Now, as a shrink, OK, especially as a Freudian, you're definitely right, because what handlers do, those who, those who are trying to solicit terrorists, is they try to find people who have a fuse of anger underneath that they've not been able to express or they've managed to choke off, often via religion. And they say this is shallow. What we're gonna do is we're gonna use you for our purposes so that we can inflict all this damage. And then we will have a major ally, which is your suppressed anger that you did not manage to give out. But I, I think that even though you came to the right conclusion, you got there using the wrong methodology because you associated the tool of mass availability to inflict damage with the motives. And so I'd like to say just as an academic, there is a difference between people who do this for personal anger reasons and those who do it for a an alleged ideology that they believe in. And we have to give people that respect that if uh, you're killing okay. for a reason, you're not just a, a bad guy. No, you might not, even be a good guy.
1: Okay, look, Sam, my articulation was definitely flawed, but I think that, you, as you say, Brody you know, our fictional murderer uh, was probably in some ways had a similar psychological profile, even though he could convince himself that this was for the sake of the suffering Arabs. But, that, and this that, came out a lot during the
2: during the, during the series, the way he was grappling on himself, like what? A, and then he finally decided that they were using him and then he went back to his original values of uh, whatever it is, uh, f- a right. flag and apple pie yes, or whatever. Right.
1: Yeah, but part of what he was was, was a sense of meaninglessness. And this was something that was important. So I, I, I don't deny that you know th- that there was intense religiosity, uh, and, uh, and and that would be the 9-11 murderers as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the other hand, there must be that also idea, religious as it is, of now I have a name. Maybe my name is subsumed in one of, with the great unknown martyrs of Islam, but mm-hmm. there is still that sense especially as you know, as, as you kill yourself. May I, mean, I
2: add, the name is not necessarily in this world. My name uh, is up there. That's what I mean. Is yes. Which is what most of us, let's say religious Jews, do that and saying, okay, I'm not looking for fame or even notoriety among the people in my neighborhood. I want that it should be inscribed in the book of life or whatever it is. Yeah,
1: sure. and, and there I would say just one more thing before I want to go backwards, is that... Th- th- when we take someone like Ethan Crumley or any of the school shooters, I don't remember their names right now. Um, m- many of them, like they make videos in advance, which sort of is their suicide notes. Uh, they they go on social media, and they realize that what they're doing, especially with school lockdown security and the way SWAT teams move in, it's it's a very there's a very real chance that any of these fellows despite how young they are, are going to be shot dead sure. as, they, as they are inflicting murder. So the, the idea that...
2: Sometimes that is a motif as well. Like for this note you you read earlier, clearly the guy wanted to die too because he felt life is definitely not good for him, but he wanted to still maintain some kind of um, uh, respect for
1: himself. So, so you know, and again, it could be that... So what I'm saying is, is that when these people are doing it, if they expect to die, then they probably aren't going to reap much of seeing their name in the newspapers or seeing their name all, all nah, over the internet.
2: If you're a three-year-old, you think you do. Yeah, right.
1: And, and, and now, and, and there have been incidents. Again, they don't. I, I don't have them at my fingertips. Where they were actually, I think it happened a couple of years ago. Where it was being uh, it was being streamed live. They're, they're, oh yeah, that's the best. There are sure. people who are doing this, and, and and they know that it's being streamed live, and therefore this allows them to to feel that they are media giants and heroes, and they are able to do these type of things. The other thing I wanted to to, to touch on, and you 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 mentioned it before, you alluded to assassinations. Uh, We grew up, Sam, I mean, we're we're sort of the same age in terms of our contemporaneous uh, memories. And we remember the slew of assassinations that uh, began with Kennedy's assassination and then Martin Luther King and Bobby Kennedy, um, even all the way, you know, to Hinckley's uh, attempted assassination of Reagan, uh, Pope John Paul's. uh, Is it possible that, you know, those... And
2: many others, many more who are stopped that you don't quite That's right.
1: So, so when we, we we think about these political assassinations, it, 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 which are a little bit different than the mass murders or the mass shootings, but you seem to feel that that's also really the same strand. That these assassins, although you know maybe Sirhan Sirhan really you know was against uh, Bobby Kennedy's policies of of embracing Israel and seeing Israel as the good guy in the Middle East, there was also the sense that. Um, this would be a name for himself or any of the assassins, James Earl Ray or, um, or, or Lee Harvey Oswald. There was a certain, uh, they convinced themselves that Kennedy, you know, was, was, was evil and needed to be taken out. But the fact that he would live and he would be known as, as the John Wilkes Booth of his time, you feel that that was one of the motivating factors of these assassins.
2: So I would say overtly, no. Overtly, let would say these were all idealists or religious zealots who were doing what they felt was the right thing to do. And in fact, they would have been at least logically just as happy if somebody else would have done it. They don't have to be the ones who are doing it. But in terms of the actual psychology that's motivating these people, because most of us will not be, I mean, besides that famous rabbi that I mentioned before, most of us would not be very comfortable going ahead and becoming the executioner for the base then, I would assume, or becoming the official policeman who goes around beating up um, um, derelicts all day. So most of us do not do that. So these guys, at least overtly, if you would ask someone like uh, Sir Han or Hinckley, if somebody else could do the killing for you, If somebody did it already, say great, okay. At least I was spared the trouble and the discomfort. Some of them actually feel guilt about it, saying, "But I have to do it." But psychologically, yes. Psychologically, there's no question that somebody who does this, a major motivating um, feature is is getting their own anger and frustration out. Well, There's no you know, question. You
1: know, you, you and, mentioned-
2: they, and also getting getting rid of personal ignominy, saying, anonymity, saying, okay, I am something. Look, look what I accomplished. And they would not therefore be happy if somebody else did the job for you. It's I not the, the the main result eliminating these people, but just that I was the one who did it. In fact, even if you couldn't kill them, if you just tried and got famous and 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 got his anger out, that'd be good enough.
1: Well, you know Hinkley. Just to be honest, we know that he did it for the love of Jodie Foster, right? Uh, who is okay? Who, okay,
2: right? that, that's a, that's a very good motive.
1: Right, Hinkley. You know, Jodie Foster had been a, a character. Uh, she played a a twelve year old prostitute in the film Taxi Driver, and the uh, Robert De Niro is the taxi driver who goes postal, so to speak, to uh, rescue her from her pimps and shoots people and this is somehow in john hinckley's mind uh Mm -hmm. he was he had this lolita fascination with the way hollywood had made jodie foster look he ended up having such a tremendous desire for her that he somehow felt that if he emulated this act somehow by killing reagan he would somehow earn the love of Jodie Foster
2: makes a lot of sense for a (laughs) three-year-old that's the mentality he's speaking about sure and if you want those psychotic episodes we had son of Sam in my days same kind of logic Yes. Because of the dog, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, he has to call people who are making out alongside the the uh, the, uh, the Bay Area. No, no, I'm sorry. It was alongside short shore Poplar. right, and Brooklyn, yeah.
1: Sam, sociology is a little bit my, you know, I have taught sociology and I'm definitely a, the, the uptick in what was called the juvenile delinquency um, uh, pandemic, I guess, of its time. Uh, it started in the 1940s uh, and um, uh, especially after World War II, um, it was if you, if you remember the film Rebel Without a Cause and other films like that uh the, the, or rock the um, Blackboard Jungle these were films that you see what 's going on in the youth today um, they 're so wild uh there, there's there's what 's happening with them why is there such a why is there such terrible crimes occurring why are murders happening and at that time the the Senate uh, was investigating it uh there was a lot of pseudo um, psychologists telling them that it was the media it was comic books that uh, had these lurid images they were so cheap and they were available and then the comic books have gotten have poisoned people's brains and the sight of 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 watching bondage and watching people getting beaten up um, has made it seem like you can do that it's all a fantasy you're able to do it let me just
2: say I I agree with that that it gave them options that they didn't think of. I don't think it made people who were not violent into violent ones, but it made violent, angry ones saying, hey, have you ever thought of doing this? These are good ideas, you know? Well, Blow the whole yeah, building! That's oh boy,
1: I, I'm you know as a comic book aficionado, I'm a little bit worried that if you would have lived in those times, you might have been on the committee to to bring in of those tech- pseudo
2: psychologists. That's right, stuff.
1: you would have been in there, you know, getting and of course all these comic book publishers, many of them were Jews, you know, had to you know had to do their mea culpa in front of the committee. It was very similar to uh, what was happening. McCarthy. McCarthy. McCarthy was exactly the same thing. Um, Sure. Now, after that. I
2: remember some colleagues confessing. Don't worry.
1: After that, the the prime enemy was television. Television, which was so available in everybody's household. And of course, the the television programs of the mid-50s and the beginning of the 60s, the most popular ones were Westerns. And, and in the Westerns, of course, although you didn't see the blood oozing out of them, right, but every single program had, um, you know, had somebody get shot, somebody was shot, someone was killed, right. Um, the most popular program of the late 1950s and early 1960s, and the program was taken off the air because of its violence. It actually is, as a, as a TV maven, I will tell you, it was one of the best, uh, one of the most well-written programs was The Untouchables, you might know what I'm talking about. And in the uh, until-
2: let me just add, it's not that somebody,
1: which was in the mid 60s, which had uh, a tremendous amount of fighting. Television was considered the 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 boogeyman. That is what is poisoning our children's minds, turning them violent, showing them how violence could happen, cartoon violence. And then from television, of course, we had in the in the mid 70s and 80s video games, That video games, which are now so uh, available, and it's everybody's favorite Christmas present, these video games, the children stand there uh, like a zombie for hours, punching people, destroying people, blowing up things. And this has been, whether it's been comics, TV, or video games, the mass entertainment has, uh, this is what many people have pointed to as to why we have Ethan Crumbly's uh, roaming the school halls. What would be your response to that? I know what you said, that it, it brings it out, but do you think, do you agree with them that this... I don't of...
2: agree with the why, I agree with the how. I think it sets people into the mindset that this is actually achievable. Rather, Look, you know, when you're a kid, you're angry and you fantasize, but you never get to the point of saying, so let me do extra, why? Y, because it's outside of your experience. Whereas here, you, otherwise you say, oh yeah, I know it exists in war or it exists somewhere, but here, it's existing all over the place. The options, I think the how becomes more accessible, and that's a great way to express inner um, inner feelings that they uh, usually don't find expression. So certainly, the idea that it's available, the fact that somebody can order a mail-order gun, makes it much easier for them to use it. You can't deny that. And of course, People kill people, not guns kill people. But but people kill people using guns. It's 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 much more effective than taking a knife. It's oh. much more, especially oh. when you're psych. Well, let's say character disorder is the right term. And your idea is not really who you're going after, just to kill many people. That's a way of expressing some real uh, stifled frustrations.
1: Okay, yeah. so so it sounds, Sam, that from your last statement, that you would be you know together with uh, you know. Obama and and others who, you know, when we had the Newtown killing in Connecticut, that the main response to this is tighter gun control. That- well,
2: the, that would be the main response lacking any way to get to the origin of it. Of course, if I, if I had a way to like brainwash these people and brainwash their frustrations out of them, that's much easier or zombie them or establish a totalitarian regime where nobody has any freedoms. That'd be much more effective if that's your goal. So sure. Oh, there's no question. I mean, tools are what people use. Take away the tools and make it much harder for them to do it. But I don't think that's the cause. I don't think, again, I'm speaking psychodynamically. It doesn't instill within you a hatred or a want to hurt other people by watching things
1: like that. One second. You know, Sam, again, this is not a, I'm not going to be a gun control debater here, but we know that the tools can be, as we saw in another incident that happened here in the United States, uh, an SUV uh, turns into a, um, right. a parade in, in again in Wisconsin and Waukesha, yeah. suburb of Milwaukee. Uh, it's their you know parade uh, celebrating community pride, and someone takes a, a his SUV and starts plowing into people. Th- th- guns are are a very cool way, I guess, to dispatch people. Well, I but- think
2: I would like to say efficient and easier. It's not as easy to get an SUV. You have to steal one. You have to make sure your parents have one. I'm just saying, look, I don't have a conceptual uh, uh, argument. I'm just saying practically. And again, I don't know if it's easier to get an SUV than it is to get a gun. We should ban all SUVs, you know, if it's easy, whatever it is,
1: okay. it
2: should, there's no should.
1: Sam, a Yugo going 50 miles an hour is the same as a bulletin for many people, right? So again, it'll definitely maim and crumble and destroy lives just as much. As a a Magnum, okay. uh, right? right. So, I, I will
2: leave the list up to the f- forensic people. That's not really my field, but sure. And so far as you say, some things are just as accessible and just as capable of producing maximum damage. You're right. I, I don't really okay. have any feelings about you're, you're, we, What kind okay. of hardware we're talking about?
1: And as, as you know, a mach- you know, a kitchen knife. Uh, these are things that you know. You build a better mousetrap. You can you can do whatever it takes in terms of metal detectors. But the kids the same way they can get through the firewalls uh, to get through uh, uh, and and get into your passwords, they'll figure out a way to get the kitchen knife somehow into the building. We'll outlaw
2: knives or we'll put some more fingers into more dikes. I'm not saying this will solve the problem. This will take care of the immediate accessibility until they find a way to produce poison or to order. or Somebody will put on the internet, you can produce a, a toxic gas by combining X and Y, which is available in your local drugstore. Okay, uh, they'll do
0: that.
1: Sure. Know, uh, Sam, look, I'm, I, I, uh, doesn't it make more sense that intervention in an early stage, psychological testing of kids in, in a way where we can see the red flags, where these things can be dealt with with therapy or other things. I mean, obviously, you have aberrant people that nothing could have helped. But uh, let's assume that Ethan Crumbly might have had someone talk to him beforehand. Uh, maybe there was someone who saw the issues that were going on in their parents. It, it, you're right. That, that is also a certain amount of totalitarian aspect of the state, knowing what's happening with every kid and every family dynamic but it seems that we might that apparatus might already be in place i mean the amount of paperwork that it takes to get into a school uh, the amount of teachers and and, and officials maybe psychological the same way they give out the S, you know the the sats and all the other testing that's done in such an efficient manner there should also be psychological testing done Uh, for everyone the same way we wait in line sam for hours and hours because there might be some with something in his shoe and everybody sits there and takes it maybe uh, children at this age we should be uh, probing to figure out which ones seem to have that psychological off that we can now attend to it with therapy or as you would say through a pharmacology
2: Okay, so I mean, this has been um, an effect in certain uh, uh, sectors of society, I would say probably at least 50%, maybe more than half my kids, when they went to school had to undergo psychological batteries, which were, no, they weren't so sophisticated. But again, they were designed to screen out any kind of harbingers of, of sure, that's there. And I think nominally speaking, the fact that we have social workers in every school, they are there supposedly to look for danger signs to help the people. So again, and I'm sure it does prevent, depending on how sophisticated it is, that'll that'll um, uh, influence how large the percentages. But we do prevent a lot of calamities by being on the lookout. We do do that, but it's not total. So I, I don't. I wouldn't say this is better than this or that. Each of these can contribute some to trying to minimize the danger. To <laughs> both the children and to the people that they can um, like uh, e-
1: right. so ethan crumbly with a picture of people getting shot and laughter and and, and, and everything is dead the world sh- that should have been at least the same sort of warning as a kid who comes to school with a cough who was sent home during covid and has sure. to go in to be dude for a week look we don't know if but you're you are not going to be in school around other kids for a while till you go through this psychological system and we yeah, do it, we course send course the, the social board short.
2: is afraid of being sued so we have to know that, too. You know, we're kind of, first of all, we're very PC these days. And second of all, it's very easy for, for people to bring lawsuits against the school system, against I don't know whom. People are scared. But yes, that, that is definitely the, the person who well, uh, uh,
1: Again, Sam, without beating uh, the, uh, the horse here, the dead horse, the amount of uh, children that have infected other children and have died because of COVID, I don't even know if the number is in the 20s. I mean, maybe it's even much less. And yet, in the United States and throughout the world, look what we clamped down and did. The number of school shootings that probably happened during this period, uh, even in the last whatever it was, is probably more than any deaths that could have happened through illness. We do have the apparatus available, right? There is a way to say, look, you know, you have a fever. You are drawing violent pictures, um, your social media, which we see and we, we've become aware of because we do a cell phone check every week because you're part of the school, we see on your social media, you're bragging about running around and killing people, and your 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 gun is your big present for Christmas that you're very happy about. That's the fever. That's be We have the apparatus to do it. COVID has, has proved that. So uh, again, I, I, I'm just... To me, that sounds—it right? it sounds like there we're getting to it at its source.
2: I think the ACLU would disagree with you.
1: But but has, hasn't uh, privacy already taken a beating through COVID? And why was it? Because of the greater good, the emergency powers of all the governors. Whether right, isn't that happened? You live in a country that that snaps its fingers, and all of a sudden, everybody <laughs> has to. A tap dance, according to, uh, and their liberties are curtailed consistently. Um, You know, there's ways, of course, that despite the fact that it would intrude in people's home lives, they would say, we care for you. It's not because we see you as a a potential mass murderer or terrorist. We want you to be better. This is what we do. We are Mm -hmm. nurturing. I I think there, especially since it's not going to be, uh, you know, men in white coats you know, waving their finger, it's going to be social workers, it's going so, to be psychologists. So
2: is, I don't know what you complain. It is happening. Are you saying that you want to see fewer killings yet? Is that your argument? It's happening. Many people are screened. There are quite a few people who are sent. I mean, I used to have a flow of constant patients coming in who were remanded by the court system because they were deemed to be Sam jailed. if you
1: were there in Oxford and you saw that picture you wouldn't I, have let the parents you wouldn't have the parents correct. left you would have think, said get this kid out of school now anybody leaving. With,
2: you don't need somebody like anybody with normal training and the basics of, of uh personality disorders could have flagged that it doesn't take much, so the point is that the system is not well developed, just like the traffic system not well developed, just like the criminal court system not well developed but we are on it. are we doing a good job? who's the we? I mean society is on it, and they are minimizing the problem, but obviously it still it still leaks through
1: but but, but Sam in, in this case, and we, we can end with this, one of the things that made this case uh gave it like perhaps greater notoriety than others was the manhunt that occurred because there was a, uh, a warrant issued for the parents. Based on the social media evidence of the boy and his bragging that his parents bought it for, for Christmas and that it was in his parents' room, all of this was culled from the boy's uh, rantings things or whatever he had done mm-hmm. online the parents were held responsible and they are uh, sitting in prison both of them now for making things available um, the fact that they that the gun wasn't locked up it, it was it was done in a way where the boy was encouraged that eventually he's going to use it So
2: the parents are responsible the parents are also responsible for uh, uh, impregnating this child with all this pathology And of course, the school system is responsible for not catching it. And the security guard is responsible for not having a gun instead. Look, everybody is responsible, but uh, I'm not sure where this will take you. Other than to say we can subtract another 5% of these incidences if we ramp up one of these things. If we require all parents to undergo psychological testing before you entrust them, with the care of a child, that would help also. I mean, have a, a lot of I'm serious. There are a lot of totalitarian measures. I think that there should be some kind of screening before you give a marriage license to anybody. That's again, it's not gonna stop it because you can kill people without being married to them, but you can produce pathological children without marriage also. But when you have these kinds of gates, you can have gatekeepers there. Um, to stop it, and there's no question everybody is responsible for this, but I'm not sure where you're going to take this to.
1: All right, Sam. Well, I think talking about it itself and seeing it from uh, sensationalism, as much as you have you know, Walter, uh, this, the father of, the, of America, everybody trusts him, we know that what sells is the killing, the death, another school shooting, something happened. And, and, and again, I think part of that the, of the news cycle which sells the, the the diapers and everything else in the cars that that are being hawked on uh, during the commercial time is also something that emphasizes the ugly um uh, fame of killing right the the, the amount of, of of publicity that these news stories get although we can all you know shame shame how horrible it is it, there's also an element. Hey, I want to read about that. Let me read about what's going on, and that I think again is part of that uh, idea of planting the the idea of becoming a celebrity. The news, even though it seems to be couched in the most um, uh, you know great the, the ways of of doing good for the community. It might also be part of feeding this. Maybe even this podcast is part of it in a way. You know, people say, oh, uh, so maybe somebody's
2: going to go out there and read, uh, you know. um.
1: Let's put this baby to bed, hopefully, and talk about, you know, positive things, things that uh, are, are life affirming. We'll catch you next time. Thanks a lot. Be well. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.